right, welcome to Geeked Up Season 1, Episode 1. This is our second podcast in the Sherman Studios collection. And this is going to be me, Joshua, along with my good friend, Mr. Ashby Childress. Ashby, tell us a little something about yourself. Get started off with you. Well, I'm a nerd like most of the people here, and I'm just trying to be a part of uh, everything that's going around here. Um, I'm trying to be a creator myself, my own characters, my own universe. Doing a lot of collaborations with Joshua as well, and that's me. And there you have it. So basically, Ashby is another creator in our showmanscape, I guess you would call it, and... um, yeah, me and him are bouncing off a lot of ideas off each other, and, and we got some real fun stuff coming up for you guys, and we will see what that is. But basically what this is, is we're going to be going back to uh, some of the funner, you know, the most fun times that we had uh, kicking it as a Tinsel Entertainment podcast, and that was just going off about geek stuff. So that's basically all we're doing today. Uh, we're going to be... Going through some of the most current events and then some stuff uh, that isn't so current and mostly stuff that, that's current. So we're going to start off and uh, we're going to kick off today with a good discussion on Godzilla versus Kong. So first, let me ask Ashby, what team were you on? I'm team Godzilla. Always team Godzilla. have been, always will be. All right. I, I was team Kong, honestly. Uh Love Godzilla. I love the films, but the Kong movies definitely, as of late, have been winning me over. And um, I'm very partial to the Universal ride that used to be there uh, of the King Kong ride. I thought that was really awesome. Um, big part of my childhood, even though I never got to ride it, um, I just heard a lot about it from my parents. So. Uh, it was it was always a big dream of mine to be able to get to ride that, and then we finally got to the Universal, and it was shut down. So that sucked, but uh, my love for King Kong has remained. And I was also a huge fan of the Peter Jackson interpretation. Um, I thought that was awesome. So I, I'm a diehard King Kong fan. I'm also a diehard Godzilla fan, too. Um, love those movies. Uh, a, little, a little too slow sometimes for my taste, but that's just me. Um Hater. So what? Give us the basis. Give us a rundown. What did you think of Godzilla versus Kong? Did you like it? Did you love it? What'd you think? Did you think it got? I it? loved it. I loved everything about it. It actually made me like King Kong more. They humanized him. They gave him a lot of emotion. They let him. They did a lot with Kong, and a little bit of time they did a lot with him, and it made me like him. Yeah, that's always been one of my favorite things about King Kong is how human he is for a giant ape. Um, And that was one of my favorite things about the film. I liked that they kind of played back to, I think, at one time in history, King Kong had someone that could communicate. It was either King Kong or Godzilla or someone had a little girl that could communicate with him telepathically or whatever. And they kind of played that, the Kong and the girl with the sign language. I thought that was really cool. Um movie really demonstrated his intelligence, and I really liked that. Um, yeah, when he was using the tools. Yeah, uh, and, that, and that's one of my favorite things about the new Kong was 
you know, his ability basically to make weapons on the fly. Um, you know, the best part of Skull Island to me is when he gets that chain with the boat engine or whatever. And that, I mean, that was awesome. That was awesome. And um, I thought it was cool that Godzilla ended up having to resort to um, his lizard. It, it, you know, it, it got almost to a primal level at the end of that fight, you know, where, where both of them. Yeah, he, Godzilla you know, is lizard brain. Right. That's so why like, you can't communicate with Godzilla, right. but so you can a, communicate with Kong. At, at a certain point, you know, Godzilla was just scratching him and biting him and stuff. And I was like, dang, he's going full on lizard on him, you know? And, that, uh, you know, the axe, uh, for the first, you know, I'm going to say 30 minutes or so when Caleb and I were watching it, a lot of what I was saying, or 45, maybe even the whole movie, um, was what is going on? Um, I think I might have missed a spot or two about the whole uh, hollow earth theory. And um, so we had to watch a YouTube Explain video. But as soon as I got that, it was awesome. And to be honest, nobody's really there for the the hollow earth stuff. They were there to watch Kong and Godzilla fight. And yeah, I don't yeah. care where they go, as long as Godzilla comes back with a dope glowing axe. That was, that was kind of the highlight of it for me was... Or, or not Godzilla, Kong comes back with a dope glowing axe. Like, Kong had an awesome weapon, you yeah. know, and was able to... I, I really like how they played it where he was, like, a, able to absorb the breath because that was one of my things the whole time. I was like, how is he going to be able to withstand, you know, a fire radiation blast? And then they were able to basically play that into the script. Um, I really enjoyed it. I li I'd like to see where they're going. Mecha Godzilla, what did you think? Well, I was expecting either Mecha Godzilla or Mecha Girida. So I wasn't surprised in that way, but I liked him. He looked good. He looked great. He fought well. I honestly like the Mecha Godzilla from Ready Player One more than than the than this one. Why is that? Honestly, I think I, I might just be prone to the old school Mecha Godzilla design. Okay. Of just him looking like Godzilla, but more mechanized. I feel like this one, I don't know. It, it looked a little bit too Transformery to me. It did. You know what I mean? It, it kind of looked, at a certain point, it looked like like Autobot versus Decepticons. And uh, Mechagodzilla was really, really, like a really cool um, trait. Yeah, we got a picture pulled up. And that's, that's basically a futuristic renditioning of the Mechagodzilla from... The original storyline, and I loved that. I thought that was really cool. Well, would, you gotta adapt with the times. Like that. Yeah, yeah, I know, I know. And that was, and Ready Player One was also a, a huge nod to, you know, classic. Because uh, that picture you just showed me, that picture isn't better than the Godzilla we just saw in the movie. <laughs> yeah, okay, I'll give you that because Godzilla evolved, so I guess Mecha Godzilla has to evolve too. They they made Godzilla's arms longer. He used to he have did. little itty yeah, bitty he, fins. He did. He used to have little, little now he has arms. elbows. <laughs> All right. So to wrap up the Mecha or, or the Godzilla versus Kong conversation, uh, where do you think the franchise is going to go from here? Well, I guess the next movie would probably be Kong in the Hollow Earth, right? Defending his kingdom. I, that would be my guess. Well, th they've kind of established it as Godzilla is the king of monsters. And Kong is the king of Hollow Earth. Like, that's going to be his domain. Godzilla's going to have domain of, over the monsters. So, we've seen... Uh, in, in King of Monsters, who, who, who all did we see? We saw... 
they're all dead. Well, yeah, I know, but they all came back. So, the the original monsters. So, out of all the monsters we've seen, Mothra, the Mothra movie, was in them. They showed all those monsters' pictures as deceased. Okay, so all those different monsters are dead. So, what do you think that, that new monsters are going to be coming up? All right, so so we got basically Rodan, King Ghidorah, Godzilla, and Mudo. They're all dead. So that means that from the Godzilla universe, we have a couple of things that we can draw from that could be coming. So what do you think would be coming? Well, I was expecting Mecha Ghidorah, but they pretty much used his skull. Yeah, they used his skull. So I, I, I was expecting Mecha Ghidorah at some point, too. Um, there's that one guy who was like, uh, he had like knives for hands. You remember that guy? He was cool. I can't remember who he was, but he was cool. I remember he had like giant knives for hands. Was Mothra, has Mothra been included yet? Yeah, Mothra was in King of Monsters. Okay, so Mothra's in King of Monsters. So who, who all do they have left? Uh, we can Mothra? Do. There was another Mothra at the end of King oh, of yeah, Monsters. Oh, there was another Mothra. And Mothra's a good story, but Mothra's not really a villain, is it? Mothra was a villain. Okay. And then Mothra became an ally of... Godzilla. Okay. And you know about the original Godzilla versus Kong movie. Mm-hmm. Yeah, with that one, which was pretty much a tie as well. Right. And they made, that's the first time they made them the same size, which was total BS, <laughs> in my opinion. Because Godzilla's always supposed to be larger. So, what monsters do you think that we could have become in? I don't know. Because. As far they as I know, tapped, they pretty they much killed tapped, everybody. Yeah, they've tapped the pop culture aspect of all of them. Um, real big guys. So, because Rodan's already come in. Mothra's already come in. Ghidorah's already come in. They might have to resort to doing these uh, those original creatures, and, and I hope not, because I'm going to be honest. The, that, that original creature that, that Godzilla fought in the first one was not that good. It, it just wasn't. But that movie wasn't about the creature. That movie yeah, was about, movie Godzilla. about Godzilla. That is true. So, I I guess we're going to put Undetermined as the future of Godzilla versus Kong. We have no idea where they're going to go from here. We, we really... that That's about all we got. Um, I feel like the, the movie ended, but it, it, it answered a lot of questions, but then it also asked a ton of questions after it after it ended just what is about to happen now because they didn't have an, they didn't have an after credit scene or anything like that they, they, no. didn't, they didn't have anything opening up to the new world of um of the godzilla verse i guess you would call it so let's move on to marvel do you want to go straight into falcon and bucky where we are now or do you want to recap and just give a little nod to wandavision and what we got to see uh, we can go with falcon and bucky okay all right, all right. So, Falcon and Bucky, honestly, has been my favorite. I mean, I, I loved WandaVision, don't get me wrong. I think it was incredible, but I feel like it was its special thing kind of in its own bubble, I guess you could say. Literally, uh, in its own hex. Um, I like Falcon and Bucky because I feel like we're picking right up after Endgame. And that's, I think, what we all wanted to see was where are we going to go from here? And I love the questions that it asks. I love that the villains are based off the idea of people that want to go to 
how things were before the blip or how things were before the return after the blip, all that different type of stuff. Um, anything that shows the ramifications of what happened with Thanos, I think it's just fantastic. I really and Nemo. He yeah, wants to go Nemo. back to like the 1800s. Yeah. And, and I'm for anybody. I, I was so excited that Baron uh, Zemo or whatever was was yeah, uh, Zemo. Yeah, Zemo. When Zemo was brought in, because I thought that they were just basically going to cut and run with his character, that he was going to be done. Uh, you know what I mean? That he did Civil War. They did a reinterpretation of him. He was kind of more of a war criminal, and we were never going to get the Baron Zemo from the comics. And then when they brought him back. And he put on that mask, and he and, and and the coat, and the coat. I was just like, okay, so they're they're really going in, and, and I mean, just a lot of aspects of it have, have been absolutely fantastic. I love the the tension between Bucky and Falcon over Falcon not taking the shield. I really think because because I, I feel the same way. You know, I'm pissed at Falcon for dropping the shield. Yeah, everybody. I, 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 I feel yeah. I feel like everybody's kind of in Bucky's shoes right now. Like, hey man, we watched all the movies too. Yeah, you know, that was, <laughs> that was dumb. And and this new Captain America, the U.S. agent, I've heard from the comics. It, that's going to be really interesting to see where we're going from here, um, because that guy. I don't know. I got some questions about him. I got a lot of questions about him. Um, He's just a really good soldier. I don't know if a really good sh- soldier would be able to handle that shield like that, man. He, he was using it pretty good. That's what I'm saying. He used it really well in that test. I mean, he threw that shield and knocked out five different targets and then caught it. Okay, excuse me. He's a badass soldier. Okay. Okay, give him that. Okay. And, and, and I love that whenever they talk about him jumping on top of a grenade or whatever, the guy basically went into detail about what he was wearing and his armor and the situation and all that stuff. I mean, because that question, it was calling back to the first Avenger about would you throw yourself on a grenade to sacrifice yourself? Yeah. And he basically twisted that question around on them to make it not be about that. And that's basically what I feel like this character is, is he's he's like Steve, but he's not. You know, Steve, Well, Steve. I think he's looking at it like, I will jump on a grenade, but I don't have to die to do it. Given today's right. technology. Right. That's why he referenced it. I've done it three times with my helmet. Right. And, but, the the significance of that is that Steve, you know. Steve was willing to die. Yeah. He was willing to do he it once. He was willing to do it once. And he wasn't afraid. And, you know, Captain America is always supposed to be that kid from Brooklyn. You know, even if he's that kid from Baton Rouge uh, with Falcon. You know, he's always supposed to be the, the guy with guts. And I think that they're painting that this guy has guts, but it might not be the same type of guts that Steve Rogers had. And um, that's no one they, has those guts. Yeah, no one has those guts. You know, and and you know, and that's one thing I do like about the guys. I don't know if they're trying to to humanize him to make us like him, because I know I don't not yet. Um, I don't know if anybody will. You're not supposed point. to. I, I don't know if we're supposed to. I don't if know. you liked him, that means that Chris Evans didn't do his job. Right. And Chris Evans definitely did his job, and and I don't know. I just I'm I'm so excited because we all know Falcon's going to end up picking up the shield. We all know that's what what eventually is going to happen, and I can't wait for that. Maybe. Okay, you say maybe. I I I'll I'll make a prediction now that it I'm, is called I, Falcon and Winter Soldier. Yeah. So I I really hope 
at one point we get to see Falcon pick up the shield and actually, you know, embrace the legacy that Steve left him. Bucky, um, honestly, he can do anything and I'm going to be happy. Bucky's one of my favorite characters from the entire MCU. Wow. Dude, he's just, he's, he's awesome. Um, one thing I love about Bucky is just that he, he's kind of like Steve in the fact that he, you know, he's that kid from Brooklyn that never backs down from a fight, but then he's like dark. So it's like a dark Captain America, um, cause he's got all the trauma and all the stuff behind that. And, um, you have to admit, you know, even Spider-Man said it's freaking awesome to have a metal arm, you know, uh, he's a super soldier. I've, I just... Since Bucky was introduced as the Winter Soldier, I've I've been like when they went back to um, what was that place? I, I don't know that criminal headquarters, whatever. And he was like, "You're gonna have to be the Winter Soldier again." I was really hoping that they were gonna have to put him in a wig with a mask and all, you know, like and have him at, you know paint the arm silver again and have the red star. Like I wanted the Winter Soldier to come back. I've I've just been a fan of Bucky the entire time because, uh, you know. Maybe I'm traumatized. Maybe that's what it is. I don't know. So, Falcon and Bucky, what do you rate it? What, what What do you think? I think it's getting better. Yeah. I think everything about this show is getting better. I think it started Especially off the good directing. and it's just getting stronger. The directing stronger. in the third episode was yeah. amazing. The, the, the directing has gotten very intentional, you know, and they're, they're highlighting a lot of things on purpose. And they are... Making, and it's the same director on yeah, this episode. Yeah. And it's, it's going to go really good well. through. And I love that they're doing these little six-episode blocks to get us through, okay, this is what happened after Endgame. Because, like, you know, we're going to... You know, everybody knows WandaVision is going to somehow pour into to Doctor Strange. And we know that Bucky and Falcon is going to pour into some project that they have coming up. So, you know... All, all things look great for, great for the MCU. All things are steering high. But things can't be said the same for the DCEU. Um, so we're going to... Let, let's, let's talk about Snyder's Justice League for a minute. And um, it was obviously better than, than Whedon's Justice League. Um, in every way. In every way. What did you think? I, I I'd like to hear your thoughts first. Except for it being four hours, which I have a a serious issue with. If it would have been in the theaters, if it would have been in the theaters for four hours, I wouldn't have went. I would have waited till it was on somebody's streaming platform where I could pause and do something else, then come back to it as I wish to. Me and you watched it four hours straight, all the way through. Paused it maybe once or twice just to get it out the way but I did enjoy it I did too I, and that's what I would tell people I think it, it would be a lot better if you broke it down into chapters the way Snyder had it chapter 1, chapter 2 uh, when I rewatch it I'll probably rewatch it by chapter um, I rewatched it you rewatched it? I skipped to all the action parts just to rewatch it just to see right. it again real quick so what'd you think? On your second watch, I thought the same thing I thought about Batman versus Superman. Wonder Woman stole the show. 
He made her look way more badass. Wonder Woman is is honestly one of the highlights of the DC universe. You know, one of my thoughts after watching the Snyderverse or, or the Snyder the Snyder League or whatever you want to call it, um, he did something that I think is extremely important whenever you're writing anything DC related. The Flash is one of the most powerful and one of the most important characters in DC history, in the DC continuity, in the Justice League, and all of that. And in the Whedon one, the set, the, like I saw a meme, it was like Whedonverse, Flash Saves the Family, Snyderverse, Flash Saves the World. And that was one thing that I really thought was good. Like, their plan wouldn't have worked if Barry wasn't able to, to do what he was able to do. And I felt like he was a supporting character at best in the original. And The Flash is one of my favorite characters, period, whether we're talking the show. I, I think the show's lost their mind, but I will still watch it every week because I love The Flash. And they got you hooked. They, you know, I'll, I'll I'll die on that hill. I did the same thing with Arrow. I thought Arrow went down the tubes, but if if Green Arrow was introduced, he'd be one of my favorite characters too. Um, every show eventually jumps the shark. Yeah, every show eventually jumps the shark, and The Flash is is slowly. Getting to that territory where I'm about to claim it as jumping or leaping or running over the shark at super speed because I don't know what's going on, but this season has been a mess. But either way, the point is, I love The Flash, and I'm going to continue watching it. I'm going to continue, like, when when they have The Flash movie can't come out, I can't wait. Uh, the Flashpoint Paradox is one of my favorite DC animated films of all time. Um, we just watched that trailer for just uh, was it Justice Society World War Two? Can't yeah. wait for that because the Flash is the Flash Barry and the Flash Jay are both going to be huge important characters in it. Um, and Wonder Woman and looks great. And Wonder Woman looks awesome. Um, and I didn't see a Superman. I didn't see a Superman either, and I'm, uh, you know, I love Super. I love Superman. He's one of my favorite characters, but you can deal with something called Superman oversaturation. Yeah, and same. I feel the same way with Batman. Sometimes yeah. I feel oversaturated by Batman, and because there, there are so many, you know, there's so much more room for people to shine, including the Flash. Um, you know, and you probably feel that way about Green Lantern, or 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 because you're a really big Hawk Lantern Girl. fan, aren't you? Yeah, Hawk Hawk Girl. Girl, Green Lantern. I'm, I'm a really a big Flash fan. I, I love the I love Martian Manhunter. Um, he's actually the reason I, I watched the Supergirl show, and I actually ended up really liking that one too. Um, yeah, but but a lot of people don't like DC, but a lot of people haven't given DC the chance, which leads me to ask you: Have you cohesively watched the entire DC AU? that would be comparative to the MCU. The DCU of starts a Flashpoint Paradox, ends at Justice League Apocalypse, they all flow in a cohesive storyline. Have you watched I have that? seen all of them. Okay, so would you agree that that is one of the best universes yes. like, around? But people don't even know about it. Yes. Um, I, showed, I showed a few to my mother, and she even liked I love them. I showed Flashpoint Paradox to Sarah. She liked. She she really really liked it. Um, I love love Damian Wayne. Um, I love the way that they write him. I love Dick Grayson. Nightwing's one of my favorite superheroes ever. Um, Why? 
why is Nightwing? Because I think that he's all the good things of, of Batman without any of the bad. He's what Batman sh- thinks. He's what people think Batman is. Because I, I love Batman, but Batman is not that good of a person. He's not. Bruce Wayne he's is not that Gotham. good of a person. It's uh, not Mayberry. It's not Mayberry. I, I agree with that. And but but so is Dick Grayson. Dick Grayson is like if you took Yeah, he a comes along after Bats. Yeah, true. I I understand that. So but therefore he, he gets some leeway off top. You see him, you think about Bats, like, man. Right. This guy, I don't want to try him. If I do, I know what's gonna happen usually. Right. Or Big Brother shows up. Right. But 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 with with Nightwing, Nightwing went through the same stuff that, that Bruce did. And then I feel like he took, I don't know, I feel like Bruce never, never truly has gotten over his trauma. And that keeps him, I don't know, fully from ever being able to move on. Some people never do. And I feel like Dick is is the healthy version of Batman. <laughs> he's like Batman that went to therapy. Maybe he saw what he didn't want to be. Yeah. Absolutely. And I think that, that that he saw that in Bruce. He said, you know what? I'm going down this path. I don't want to do this. You know? And at one time, Nightwing was like the, the pinnacle of the DC Universe. The New 52 was written to where Nightwing was going to be the, one of the main characters. And it's because Nightwing is a sort of like an amalgamation of Batman and Superman. He's like the positivity of Superman with the badass and the, and the broodiness of Batman kind of put into one. And... Um, you know, that's, that's why he's one of my favorite characters. That's why I have that Nightwing jacket. That's why I like Nightwing memorabilia, you know? And I also like him because, I'm going to be real, when it comes to superheroes, I don't like to be... I, I, I'm not saying I'm a superhero hipster, but I, I, I do like to like certain characters that not, not everybody is a fan of. I mean, I love Batman. I love Superman. They're my favorites, but I think... A Nightwing shirt is a lot cooler than a Batman shirt because everybody's got a Batman shirt. I feel you it. know, I I I, I get that because you know wearing a Nightwing shirt is like wearing a Batman shirt. That's I like bought saying, a Vegeta shirt yeah. for that exact reason. Yeah, and, and like everybody knows Goku, you know, and and I love that stuff. All right, so I I skipped over the Snyder verse. Is the idea that after the league was supposed to come Justice League War, which would be the fa- the the face off with Darkseid, the resolution with that, and then in that Darkseid was supposed to kill Lois Lane, and then the third film was supposed to be Justice League Injustice. So, what do you think about that? Mm. You think it could have worked? You think it's gonna work? The Justice League War, the Justice League War could work now. Yeah, but the Justice, the Injustice League, I think he would have to tell some more stories. Yeah, it would almost be like they'd have to figure out their their dis like a Disney Plus way to be able to set up because the second one was supposed to set up the Injustice League, which was gonna be Lex, um, Cheetah, Deathstroke, Joker, etc. And you know, I, I I I have a little bit more faith now. If you truly want to build, you'll take some of those characters or all those characters, right? And you'll not maybe not not even make a movie, but not give them a solo, but feature them in something to give them in a miniseries. Yeah, yeah. if I Deathstroke had a six episode miniseries, right, leading up to the big Injustice League movie, like all the rest of those guys you're right. naming or whoever they're gonna put in it, 
that would give you more interest. Well, it's like Injustice is a great game, but what makes Injustice a fantastic story is the fact that you have Injustice year, like pre-year one, pre-year two, year one, the game, 1.5, 1.5, you know, and you have years and years of comics that go with the game that creates the entire Injustice storyline. Like, not many people, almost everybody's played through the story mode of the game, but if you read the comic book, you find out at one point Superman got a yellow ring and he became a, a, a lantern of fear. That was awesome. There's you know? quite a few lanterns out there. And it was really, really cool. Um, there was a lot of, Superman did a lot of crazy stuff that you could draw from and do that. So, Snyderverse, you know what? I'm going to give it a thumbs up. I'm going to give it a chance. I want to see an Injustice movie because, you know what? I, I was dreading the idea of seeing Jared Leto as the Joker again. But then when he was actually on the screen, I didn't hate every second of it. I'm going to be honest. I thought, I you didn't know what? like it. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't like it. I mean, I'm not going to say... I, I, I love... It was all right. I just thought it was eh. Well, who would you have as a, as a Joker, or, or or how would you how would you handle it? They I like the fact that they threw the Joker in there, and I feel like Jared Leto technically is the only one that falls into continuity, as bad or as good as it was. I mean, you can't have Joaquin Phoenix out there doing Arthur Fleck. Why can't you? Because he doesn't fall into the universe. Man, it Joker falls in a Suicide Squad because Batman already has fought Jared Leto in this. So it, they put it, Jared Leto there because he already had the job. When he wasn't in the original Justice League, he was in what movie? He was in Suicide, Suicide Squad, Squad, and he was in what else? He was in something else, wasn't he? Yeah. Or am I wrong on that? Suicide Squad. I mean, yeah, okay, all right. So, Suicide Squad was a travesty. The way he looks here, we're looking at him in Suicide Squad. The way he looks here and the way he looks in the Justin, in the Snyder cut, it's the same to me. I, no, it was not. I it was don't feel any... Different. It was I understand different. they look different, but the way I feel about them okay. is the same. I think that there is a, 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 a large difference in... <laughs> look at that, man. He's got a painted smile on his face. Look at his... Okay, and then look at that. He's Joker the Gangster. He's Joker the Gangster. Now he looks like Joker Charles Manson. And I, you know what? I don't hate it. He looks like Joker the Maniac. Joker the Maniac. Yeah, and I don't hate it. I don't think it's that bad. It's basically what I'm saying. You know what? I'd rather have that than not have a Joker. But you got to think about the time that they're in at this moment in time. Yeah, yeah. See, it, it, Even if he was Joker the Gangster. You can no longer be Joker the Gangster here. You're Joker the Apocalyptic. Well, gangster. that's what he kind of looks. His hair's long. He, he's not all flashy. It looks like he's turned a a. Uh, now they're playing Mission Impossible. I think that's the wrong um, movie, there, friend. You know, I, I I think at the end of the day, the the question is, could they have done it without him? Yes. Should they have done it without him? I don't think so. That's my opinion. If you think otherwise... I, man, you could have had him play the Riddler right there. It wouldn't have mattered. <laughs> it would have been the same effect. I would have been more interested if I would have seen him as the Riddler. So, right yeah, there. I think it was cool whenever he caught him out because he killed Robin. And, and then, what did you think about Batman saying, well, I'm going to kill you or whatever? Man, we know Bat 
Bucks ain't killing It's nothing. the first Bucks. We're in the Injustice League now. It, it, it's a crazy world. It's a doggy dog world, man. It's a whole new world. It's a it's a whole new universe. When you show me bats, actually, <laughs> actually not somebody. imply yeah. that someone may have lost their life by banging their head on something. Actually, <laughs> take a take life. a life on camera. Okay, then okay. I'm with you. Okay, all right, I'll give you that. And and who knows? Maybe we'll see it if we ever see the Snyderverse. But here, show me. You know what? I I think that we should give Zack Snyder another chance and, and let him make the make the but make I'll the make trilogy he was gonna write. When I saw Batman vs. Superman in the theater, there was a little boy in front of me. From his point of view, Batman was killing people. Because I audibly heard him say, he looked over at someone he was with and said, Batman's not supposed to kill people. Okay, so if a little kid can get it, then I think we all can get it. And, and it, it's riddled with issues. And I, I agree with that. Batman is not supposed to kill. And Batman shouldn't kill. In the post-apocalypse, I don't see why not. I feel like Batman kind of killed in Dark Knight Returns to a degree. What did you think about the fact that Superman intended to kill Batman in the Snyder Cut? When? When he came back to life. And he laser-beamed him twice. Center mass. I don't know. I, I kind of enjoyed that because I felt like he was, that wasn't Superman or, or, um, Clark Kent. I felt like that was full blown Kal-El and I liked that he still had a little bit of beef with him. I liked that. I like, he came back, he was like, Oh shit, you were the mother, you were talking shit. And I like that. You know, I felt that one second kind of gave you a little bit more exposition that he didn't come back and he was just, it, it kind of showed, he was like, Oh, I remember. I remember you, you know, but it wasn't as much um, Clark as much it was Cal, and I really enjoyed that. So now we're going to move on to something that is a Star Wars segment, and I have written down the good, the bad, the sequels, um, and I, I want it, it kind of goes with what you said about you know seeing the little kid say Batman doesn't kill. I think children are one of the best ways to gauge a franchise. Especially Star Wars. Star Wars, even George Lucas has said a million times, I make this for the kids. And if you don't get it now, you'll get it when you have kids. You know, um, I love that children love the sequels. They love BB-8. They love Ray. They love Kylo Ren. I get it. I really do. And I hate that such hardcore fans have a, a disdain and a hatred for the sequels. I'm not a fan of a lot of the sequels. Um, I think The Last Jedi is honestly an incredible work of filmmaking, to be honest. I think it's beautiful. I think the storytelling's beautiful. Um, I really enjoyed it. I did not like it. See? And, and, and a lot of people are divided on that. Um, I despise Rise of Skywalker. I would bury that movie in a time capsule... Underneath the Earth's crust, if I could. I, I, I hate, hate that film. I hate what it does to Star Wars. I hate what it does to... Just bringing back Palpatine was the biggest mistake that they ever could have made. And I feel like no matter what you want to give the sequels, you have to credit that. It That messed it all up. No matter how good they were or could have been, bringing back Palpatine was a mistake because it undid how good 
It undid the sacrifice that Anakin did. And it undid the sacrifice of Anakin turning back to the light side in that last moment. You know, and the, the powerful return of the Jedi. Because the return of the Jedi was, the Jedi wasn't Luke. The return of well, the Jedi they was, was, was to Anakin. Tie your bow into the whole thing where Palpatine talked about coming back from the dead. Well, and, and he did, but I feel like that speaks more, and you can pick more subtext into that, as he was channeling the life force out of Padme to be able to keep Anakin alive, and it could be more explained by that. I feel like they didn't have any expo exposition or writing or anything like that to really, really uh, talk about that. And... It occult brought Palpatine back from the dead, and then if you really want to find out what happened, you have to go get a book or whatever. That's stupid, man. It, it, they should have played Snoke or played... There are a million Sith Lords. They could have brought Bane, Plagueis, Palpatine, Plagueis, Palpatine's... Um, but if you're trying to sell to the kids, you can't make it too complicated. And they kind of made it too dumb, which made it to where the adults got really angry. And I get that, and I get that. But at the end there's of the day... There's a fix to that. What? If you're worth as much money as Disney, there's a fix to that. <laughs> you can make two cuts. That is true. You, you can, can make, make a PG-13 cut, and you can make a rated R cut. They could make a, a different cut of, of, of Rise of the Skywalker that fixes a lot of issues. And, I mean, I've, I've seen a lot of stuff. And, you know... No, two cuts ain't gonna fix those problems. But, okay, so two cuts are not gonna fix The Last Jedi's problems, is what you're saying. So, mm -hmm. so why do you not like this? I think this was an incredible... Look at that. That's beautiful. I'm not talking about the way it looked. Any Star Wars movie is going to... This is the best one amazing. visually. But, just... It was so slow and boring. It's like, what are we doing? Have you played Where KOTOR 2? going? Not all Star Wars has to be high-paced and action-packed. Sometimes it needs to be slow and... Man, we're and... in space. <laughs> We in space. Have you played uh, Nice of the Old Republic too? Yes. This is so that game. That game was extremely slow. <laughs> well, we talking about a movie, especially movies for kids. If right. if we go to a movie and it's supposed to be for kids, the kids shouldn't be wanting to get up going to the bathroom. They that should be true. holding it because they are seeing so many things going on, that or is true. they're interested in who's talking. People are interested when Vader's on the screen, even if he's just having a conversation, because it's him. So you don't necessarily need sabers flying everywhere for people to be interested in what's going on. That is true. But you can't. That be, is very true. You can't be like, oh, slow. we're, we're yeah. dragging along in space, and I just, I just feel like there should have been more. Okay. Well, all right, we're going to table that, and then we're going to rewatch The Last Jedi together, and we're going to give y'all a live viewing and reaction of us commenting on the good, the bad, and the ugly of The Last Jedi, and maybe, maybe Rise of the Skywalker, but that would be a little bit explicit because of the anger. But we can all agree that there are incredible things going on in the Star Wars universe. The Mandalorian was one of the best shows of the year. The things that happened in the, the final episode of The Mandalorian was probably the highlight of my Star Wars fan history, I guess you would say, right? You know, but for I'll me, I'll never when be the, satisfied with Star Wars unless I see a Darth Vader movie. A Darth Vader movie, and, and, and I've heard that from be, a lot of people. It has to be rated R. 
And, and yeah, a rated R Darth Vader movie right after he becomes Darth Vader, pretty much. Yes. Hunting down the rest. Yeah. Yes. I think that would be one of the greatest movies you could ever make. But who knows? And maybe one day we'll see that. You want to break some records? You yeah. Want to make some money? Exactly. That'd be that'd be the way to do it. That is the truth. And maybe one day we'll see it. Maybe one day we'll get to talk about it. So the last thing that I wanted to talk about was a game that I've thoroughly enjoyed but has now put me in a love-hate relationship with the company Bandai. Dragon Ball Z Kakarot was a fantastic retelling of the story of Dragon Ball Z. It was really, really fun. The combat was fun. The systems were fun. I had a great time the entire time. However, I wanted to talk about something that is a, a constant problem in today's world of a gamer, but in, in a constant gripe, but this is my turn in my soapbox. And that's, if you promise me a DLC, follow through. Follow through. I was promised a DLC, uh, basically, of, 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 of the story of Battle of the Gods. And I was given a boss fight, and that was okay. And everybody was okay. We waited a little bit longer with it, and that was okay. Second DLC, you added in the horde battles, and that made it stretch out to where it didn't feel quite as much like one giant boss fight, and it made it feel more like a little bit like a shorter version of the retelling of Resurrection F. You have put off and put off and put off this, this last DLC, and this is a, a warning and a strong proclamation that if the DLC 3 for Kakarot, which is supposed to be a story-based campaign, does not happen in a well-fleshed-out way that makes my waiting worth it and the money that I spent worth it, because $25 for two boss fights, it, or however much it was, I can't remember how much it was. might have been 30 40 I can't remember. However much it was for two boss fights is terrible. The game was fantastic. Y'all rushed it way too much after the Boo Saga. And one day we will probably get into a full explanation, maybe even a playthrough of Dragon Ball Z Kakarot. But the warning of the time right now is that if DLC 3 does not follow through with this history of Trunks, if I spend 30 minutes playing it and I'm done, I'm not just going to return the game. I'm going to burn down the Bandai headquarters. And... I'm going to never buy a Dragon Ball Z-based game again as much as I love them. Because that's the thing. is You need to keep your promises to the, to your fan base. And a game that has done that is Fighter Z. The DLC has been fantastic. All the different characters have been great. Did you get a chance to play Kakarot yet? I have not played. I'm, I'll, I'll, I'll have to let you borrow my coffee. It is a really, really fun game. It is a, a great game. But the DLC was incredibly disappointing. So... The moral of the story is don't oversell yourself with DLC. Give the people what they want. It's not hard. And to be honest, we've all been locked inside. So let's please, please <laughs> keep our promises, people. And uh, let's have a, not have another cyberpunk situation on everybody's hands this time. So this is uh, the first episode of Geeked Up. And next week, we're going to be coming at you with a probably an update on Falcon and Bucky after watching it um, again, and our weekly Star Wars segment as usual, and more stuff for you to get geeked up out of your mind on. So have an awesome time. This is Joshua and Ashby, and we are signing out.
This is Showman Studios with Geeked Up.